you're about to hear a true story of someone who has taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host, and thank you for joining me. Daniel, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and hearing your story, but maybe start out by telling me just a couple of little facts about yourself. Yeah, uh, let's see. Um, I live in Post Falls, Idaho, which was uh, not too long ago voted the second most boring town in Idaho. So that's that's pretty neat. We've got that going. Uh, if we get rid of the Walmart, we can get number one, I think. <laughs> so So that's good. I'm a former TV producer. I produced uh, television for 20 years um, on the local, national, and international level. Um, I did journalism 10 years of that, so TV news for 10 years. Um, but yeah, that, that's wow. basically my background. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love that about your town. That's so funny that Walmart is the highlight of your town. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Well, it sounds like you have a really great past, but I've got to hear your lemon to lemonade story. So take me back. Tell me what happened to you and why you're doing what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, so about four and a half years ago now. Yeah, about that. Um, I, I nearly died. Uh, I had uh, blood clots in my lungs and in my right leg. Um, so for about a solid month before everything, I was pretty sick and, and really lethargic and, and just tired all the time. But I, you know, typical guy, I ignored it and didn't want to go in. And, you know, one day at work, uh, some of my co-workers were like, hey, your lips are blue. You really need to go get looked at. And so I went and I got looked at and yeah, the blood clots were there. Uh, I walked into the hospital at like 11 in the morning and by 530, I was having emergency surgery. Um, they put like a giant tube in my neck, went into my lungs and put some medication in there, what they call clot. I don't know the technical name of it, but yeah. And uh, that thing stayed in my neck for 24 hours and that was weird. And uh, I was in the ICU for a while. And uh, ultimately, I ended up spending, I was in the hospital for a month, out for a month, and then back in for another month. Uh, three weeks of the first day, I was in what they call an end-of-life room. Uh, sometimes they're called hospice rooms. It just, different hospitals have different names for it. And um, and yeah, it was bad. It was bad. I, I, I was told, uh, typically, with a blood clot in your lungs, you have a 20% chance of survival. And I had multiple. So it was it was no bueno. The good news is they never told me I wasn't in an end-of-life room until after the fact. They just said, we got a really nice room for you because it's it was huge, right? It was like maybe three or four times the size of a normal hospital room. But I later found out that's because with being in an end-of-life, you usually need a lot of equipment. So they need the room for that. Or visitors or something. Or visitors, too, yeah. Like... There was a lot of couches and chairs yeah. for visitors. Uh, I also had like a giant TV that was ridiculous. <laughs> and like they gave me... Um, they had some like in a hospital, like a uh, movie system that had movies that were in the theaters at the time. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it's end of life, you might as well. <laughs> like, yeah. Spend yeah. the time watching movies. But yeah. did they ever tell you where the blood clots came from or how you got them or why you were that way? So they did genetic testing to see if I was like predisposed to that. And there wasn't anything clear there. Um, they really don't know. And that's the thing about blood clots. Sometimes people just get them yeah. like uh, really long flights. Sometimes people cramp up in their legs and get them. Um, you know, having worked in news, I remember there was a journalist like 
probably in the early 2000s, who he was covering a war and banged his knee against a Jeep on a bumpy road. Had like a really bad leg pain, didn't think anything about it. Three days later, he died because a blood clot traveled into his heart. So like they really can happen just about anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then what happened? You're hanging out in the hospital. Yeah. Hanging out in the hospital. Um, it, it got pretty bad in there. Like uh, not only was the clots, but then, so with all the medication, uh, I ended up getting internal bleeding. And so to monitor my internal bleeding, they had to pump me up with what they call contrast so that the MRI machine can see where the, the blood is flowing. But that contrast is really hard on your kidneys. And so typically most people, they only take it once to check out one thing and then, you know, that's it. So it's not so bad, but I had to take it a lot because of my situation. And so because of that, my kidneys started going into failure. Um, I ended up being confined to the bed because of the internal bleeding. They don't want me to move and and make it worse. So it it was really, really bad. My, My muscles started to atrophy. I couldn't walk after that. Uh, I ended up having you know, what they call neuropathy in my left foot, meaning my foot doesn't move very well. To this day, it still doesn't move as well as it should. It's a lot better than it, what it used to be. Eventually, they released me and said, you know, look, uh, it's pretty bad. Um, also, on top of that, I had been born with a heart condition, right? I had what's called transposition of the greater valves. So, like, your heart valves are supposed to be like X-shape. Mine were born parallel. So, um, it's not fatal, typically. Um, it's something you can live with, but it's just knowing about it. Uh, my whole life up until that point, I didn't have medications or anything. I had a normal life. So only thing was I couldn't play contact sports because if I got hit in the heart, they were afraid something would happen. They, they basically tell me at the end of all my hospital stays that like, uh, you're going to be on meds your whole life. This is bad. Plus you have a lot of weight to lose. I mean, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. That's common in cardiac patients. Um, they said, look, if you don't lose, you know, a bunch of weight in five years, we're not saying that's it, but probably there, there's a high likelihood. So that was, uh, that was a lot to deal with and like, go home. Good luck. So I tried everything I could, right. Cause I, I, I wanted to get better. Like I didn't, I didn't want that to be my life. I mean, nobody wants to live like that. And, um, how old were you at the time? Like 35. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not yeah. at all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like there were still things I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. I tried everything. I tried, I tried low calorie. I tried point systems. I tried meal prep systems. I tried keto. I tried low carb, no carb, vegan. I mean, you name it. I've tried the diet, right. All in an attempt to, to save my life essentially. And, and every one of them kind of worked for a little bit. And then maybe two to three months in, they would stall out. I would get frustrated. And then I would also have like flare-ups medically, like different weird things that would happen. Like uh, I ended up developing a plantaris fastidiagis in my feet, so I couldn't walk. Um, I, I ended up developing, I still don't know what it was. It was this weird thing where I couldn't move my hand for like weeks at a time. Like it, it physically hurt and I couldn't move it. Um, just weird stuff would happen all the time. And, and they just didn't know with not losing weight and then that happening, I would get depressed. I would eat and it would get worse. So finally I got to the point where I thought, well, I need to do something or else this is it. And the way I was going, I was really afraid that I wouldn't have five years that like, did it just be some night I don't wake up, you know, who was going to find me? It was bad. So I looked at weight loss surgery 
and, and I thought, okay, this is, I've got to do something extreme apparently. And, um, and so I went in, I, I got looked at, uh, there's two clinics by my house within an hour, uh, that, that offer it. Uh, one clinic offered a, or boasted a 30% success rate. And the other clinic boasted a 35% success rate. Um, like long-term, like I have a, a, a clip from my 600 pound life and the doctor and that even talks about how like long-term it's only successful, like 10% of the time. So like, cause it doesn't fix the underlying issues is the problem. So I went with the 30% place and, or 35% place because I wanted that extra 5%, right? Uh, I have also had family members who have had it and have gained all the weight back. Like they lost weight for about a year and then it all came back. You know, the, the odds were not in my favor and, and I, but I had to do something, right? So I went in and they said, look, um, we're gonna put you on what we call a liquid diet. You're gonna drink these shakes for a month, uh, three to five shakes a day. Uh, do that, you're gonna lose a bunch of weight. It's going to also show us that you're serious about this. And then from there, we can, uh, on scheduling the surgery. So they're great. And they said, we want you to lose 40 pounds total to, to prove to us that you're serious. Okay, great. So, so I did it. I, I did the liquid diet. I was scared to, cause you know, you go from eating to not. And I remember thinking how surprisingly easy it was. It really was like, I, I don't know why it just was surprisingly easy. So I go a month later to go get checked in and, and see where I'm at. And I had lost 20 pounds and I was pretty happy about that. But the, they told me, well, clearly you cheated on your diet because you should have lost more. And I was, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like I, I did everything you told me to do. Like I didn't cheat. They're like, oh yeah, you did, but that's okay. We'll go another month, but we'll get it off. And I was like, I was really disheartened by that. Right. And, and, you know, unscientifically, I had been following uh, like Instagram and TikTok accounts for weight loss for inspiration, right. Going through all this. And so I followed a lot of people who had weight loss surgery and, you know, the algorithm kind of, once you go one way, it takes you down more of that rabbit hole. And so it started showing me intermittent fasting weight loss uh, profiles. And one thing I quickly noticed, and, and I guess maybe this is a journalism background, like picking up patterns and differences, but I quickly noticed that the weight loss groups, they lost a lot of weight in the beginning, but a lot of times those accounts went dormant after about a year. They stopped showing off their progress, whereas the fasting ones seemed to be pretty consistent. I mean, there were some that went dormant clearly, but more often than not, they were losing their weight and they were feeling good. Uh, also, I noticed that when they had lost a bunch of weight, there was significantly less loose skin, even though they had lost similar amounts to somebody who had weight loss surgery. So that was interesting, right? And at that point, I had maybe maybe three years on my clock or two years on my clock. So I thought, okay, look, uh, I can try this for a month or two, see if it works, see if it, if it's sustainable for me. Because if not, I can go to the surgery, but at least try this. So at least I said I tried it and I did it. And that was 10 months ago. And I've since lost 170 pounds. And they, they told me, uh, you know, when I was looking at the surgery, they told me, look, if you do what we say in a year, you'll be lucky if you lose 100 pounds. So the fact that I'm nearly double that in less time is kind of amazing. 
That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So what did you do? What did you, how did it work? So, you know, I, I looked up everything I could find about intermittent fasting, right? Cause amazingly enough, there's a lot of different ways to not eat. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's what they call like a five, two method, which is you eat pretty healthy five days out of the week. And then two days, you basically only eat like 500 calories, if that. And, and that's the 5-2 method. There's what they call alternate day fasting, where one day you can literally eat anything you want, and the next day you don't eat a thing. And, you know, um, there, there's what the common one is what they call 16-8, which is where you eat um, on only an eight-hour window. Uh, that doesn't mean you eat four, eight hours straight like a buffet. It just means you have the opportunity to eat within those eight hours. So I started with that one. That one seemed manageable. I, I felt like I could do that. So I, I started there and I started seeing results. And then I, it got to the point that my window to eat would hit and I wasn't hungry yet. So I thought, well, I'll just keep going. And, uh, and so I got to the point where I was only doing one meal a day. And, and I felt really, really good. But as I was researching uh, fasting and learning more about it, I, one of the things that kept coming up is that the, the whole idea is that it's supposed to mimic ancient eating patterns, right? Like cavemen didn't like go down to the 7-Eleven, get their rabbit steak or whatever, right? Or their donut and ch hot chocolate yeah. or coffee or yeah. 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 yeah or bagel. God, bagel. I love bagels. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I thought, well, there's some sort of element missing, some randomization. Plus, like like bodybuilders will talk about this where like you have to trick your body because if you do the same routine all the time, your body just gets used to it. So you have to trick it. That's also some of the science behind having a cheat day on your diet because your body will get used to the diet you're doing. And so you got to break it up. So even though you'll gain a little bit from that, ultimately you'll lose more. So a whole bunch of different elements to it. So I thought, well for fasting, then like you should have that spontaneity. Right. And so I thought, well, the easiest way to do that is probably to roll some dice. And, uh, I looked around online, nobody had made anything like that. And I was surprised by that because fasting is such a big thing right now, you know, more and more people are finding out about it. Uh, the doctor who won the Nobel prize in 2016 proved the benefits of fasting. I, I was just shocked that nothing like this existed. So I made them, you know, I, Got them here. I, I made what I call fasting dice. And uh, they're, they're little dice. There's two of them. They give you different fasting and eating windows. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about them. And that's what I used to to keep going. And, and it's really helped. And it's just prevented stagnation in me. It also kind of makes it a game like there's a cheat on there. So like every now and then you might roll a cheat and have a great day, you know, because I figure like every now and then a caveman like would come across like a berry bush or a honeycomb or you know something like it wasn't always the same thing all the time so right, right. Yeah. i love that thinking that's so great and you're not like depriving yourself because you know you're eating soon like you're still eating in this window and you can pretty much eat i mean you know you're you're thinking about it you're conscious of it so you're definitely yeah. using that time to eat things that'll fuel your body and be good for you mm -hmm. but at the same time you know you're not you're going to eat again. You know, you're not starving yourself. So I well, think the studies have shown that for, for uh, a lot of reasons, it's actually easier to stick to fasting it for most people than it is like a low calorie diet. Right. 
um, what, what they're showing is that one of the reasons is like, just it's simple enough to just abstain from food as opposed to like, can I eat that or not? Or right. how many calories is that? The other thing they're finding is that people, when they fast, they're less likely to break their diet because they'll have put in all that effort for fasting and they don't want to ruin it by going and having a donut, you know? Right. Right. At least I found that in myself as well. Yeah. So what would you say was the biggest change in 10 months to lose that much weight? Oh, man, I, I have my life back again. Like I can do stuff. I can, you know, I have a normal job again, living independently again and have my house and, and being able to visit friends. I mean, COVID also kind of tanked a lot of that. So there was like some of that kind of leftover. But like I go to the gym now, like literally. So my house is split level, right? You walk in their stairs and uh, I literally could only walk up and down the stairs one time a day and then I was done and I would be exhausted all day because of that. Now, like I go to the gym for like two hours and enjoy it, just kind of move around and have fun and lift weights. And it's so great. I can't tell you how grateful I am to be able to, to be in this position now. And I just want that for other people. That's why I like telling this story. Right. No, you're such an inspiration of you tried so many things and you found what works for you. And it's not that those other things are, are bad or wrong. It's just we need to find something that we can maintain. And right. that's what helps us be healthier. It's just whatever that is for you. And I love how you took it that step further and invented the dice so you can have a way to make it even more sustainable. And enjoyable. yeah, it's just it makes it a game. It makes yeah. it fun, you know, I and love that. Yeah. So what are some of the things that the dice say? Um, it's just different, like eating and, and, and uh, fasting windows. So like, you know, there's a 12 hour fast or 16 or 18 or 24, or 21 hour. And then the eating windows are like eight hours or 12 hours or four hours, one meal just depends. They're, they're fairly new. Like I, I, I just launched the website right around Christmas. Okay. So yeah. That's exciting. You know, I, I heard this story recently and, and I think it was the turning point for me. And the story was, there was a dog who was lying on the ground next to an exposed nail, but the dog was leaning on the nail and, and somebody said, why, why isn't that dog getting up? Why? I mean, the nail is going to, going to hurt the dog. And the owner of the dog said, it's because it doesn't hurt enough when it hurts enough then they will move, then the dog will move. And, and I think that's what happened to me. Like I've struggled with weight my whole life and it had to hurt enough before I was able to really do it. And I, I don't want that for people, but I think sometimes that's, that's how we are as human beings. Yeah. We got to get to that low before we want to search for the high again. Right. Yeah. yeah that's so true. No, that's a good point. That's a good story. And we can mm. complain about it and complain about it. And now this nail really hurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. you could do something about it. So I yeah. love that you're a great inspiration of just do it. Find what works for you and do it and stick to it. Like yeah. do something that is enjoyable and that you can maintain. That's the key. Whatever that is, just something that you can maintain to be healthier. Yeah. And I would I would add with that line of thinking of like find what works for you, like don't be disheartened if you find something that doesn't work. You just now cross something off the list. Right. right. You know, that's yeah. that's part of the process. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's great. You stop looking for your keys when you find your keys. 
Yes, we have that saying that you find it in the last place you look. Exactly. <laughs> like, don't worry, you're going to find it in the last place you look. <laughs> I don't know like, why well, that's a thing, but it's very true. It's so true. And so you just think that and you and that goes with everything in life, you know, so you'll yeah. find it in the last place you look, you'll find the the diet or the eating program or whatever it is that is best for you and what your body needs to jumpstart it. And then you mm -hmm. can maintain that and be healthy. And you haven't had any blood clots and health problems since. No, then. the the crazy thing is like all of my doctors are just like amazed by this, like how much weight I've lost, how much better I am. Like my heart has improved significantly. Um, my, my hematologist, my blood doctor, I've seen twice now since starting this process. The first time I saw him, which was only just a couple of months into, into fasting, uh, he looked at my test results, my blood work, right? They, they checked like protein uh, spikes or whatever in your blood. That's one of the things they look for. And he walks into the room. This was like maybe six, seven months ago. He walks in. He's like, oh, your blood results are perfect. And I was like, well, you mean for me, right? Because with all my issues. It's like, no, 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 they're perfect. And then this last time I saw him, which was just a couple of weeks ago, he, he looked at me and he was like, uh, this is going really good. You keep losing weight. This is great. He's like, we'll get you down to a healthy weight. And then once we're there, let's talk about next steps and maybe we can get you off these blood thinners. He had never talked about that before. Wow. Yeah. That's great. You're seeing yeah. a lot of benefits with this. A lot. I love it. And I love how it's not depriving yourself. I love how you can tell the story of like, you know what, you're doing this window of not eating. So then you have a window of eating and you can look mm -hmm. forward to it and you're not killing yourself over it. So I yeah. love that, love that yeah. perspective. That's great. It's, well, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy for you. This is, this has been a wonderful conversation. I've loved learning about this. So thank you for what you're doing, what you're offering to others and the encouragement that you're giving. I yeah. Thanks really for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. You know, I make YouTube videos kind of talking about my journey and everything. And, and I talk about some of the latest science and fasting and just different tips and tricks. Uh, fastingdice.com. I have a resources page. All my stuff is on there. Uh, podcast interviews too as well. So it all goes there. And uh, yeah. That's great. That's great that you're offering YouTube videos too. So people can get that kind of almost one-on-one -on -one right from you. So yeah. I mean, I'm one guy, right? I can't yeah. do it with everybody, but at yeah, least I love that. the information's there. Yeah. No, that's great. Thank you for offering that. Yeah. Well, I'm just super proud, super proud of you and what you're accomplishing and that you're doing it. You're not complaining about it and sitting there feeling sorry for yourself and oh, basically I had those wasting away. <laughs> of course you did. This has been yeah. going on for years, Yeah. but it's good. You can have a better relationship with food. You can have mm -hmm. a healthy relationship with food. Hopefully it's helping you get to even the core of why you do choose to eat the way you do oh, and my... how you got in that situation to begin with. Absolutely. It has. Yeah. Absolutely. It has. Yeah. Cause that definitely has to be addressed. Like why do we numb out and fill up on food? What are we, what are we suffocating? What are we filling a void that's missing? I, I learned through this. I didn't realize how much I did that. Because I really didn't think I was that bad. And yeah. It's really good to really be self-aware of why we do what mm -hmm. we do and why we choose the foods we do and why we eat when we do. And so this is a whole concept. It's more than just choosing not to eat for several hours. We've got to get down to the bottom of why we make the choices we do. So I'm glad Absolutely. you're teaching that. Yeah. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you.
I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand. <laughs>